0: Chapter 8 of The Queen of Appalachia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Zoinkmeister Patrick. YouTube.com/Slash Zoinkmeister. The Queen of Appalachia by Joe H. Borders. Mrs. Overton's Charming Guest. It was a typical July day in Princeton, and the old town never appeared to better advantage the leaves rustled softly in the gentle breeze keeping time with the charming carols of the fluttering birds the flowers were radiant in their beauty and perfume and the one main thoroughfare was a lively scene with here and there a bevy of lively young students who had just been liberated from the confinement of the schoolroom the overland mail had just wheeled into view and was met at the post office with the usual crush of townspeople on this particular occasion the stagecoach was occupied by two women one of the occupants was recognized as mrs overton a young and handsome widow who a few weeks before had left princeton for long branch for a short visit to the seashore an unusual proceeding and one much commented upon by her neighbors but the question that agitated the minds of the observing crowd of men and boys and the dozen or more schoolgirls on their way home did not concern the widow overton the question was who was her young companion seemingly unconscious of the admiring gaze of the multitude The strange young woman was intently studying the signs on the windows of the establishment in front of which they had stopped. Thornton and son, she read, quickly flashing her sparkling eyes over the throng before her, eagerly scanning the many upturned faces as though expecting to find a familiar face. The mail sacks having been disposed of, the driver remounted the seat, cracked his whip, and the old stagecoach, with its interesting passengers, wheeled up the street. Who is she? came from a dozen throats simultaneously isn't she a beaut cried an enthusiastic admirer some eastern girl on a visit with mrs overton suggested the school teacher and the crowd nodded assent princeton society was generally interested over the arrival of mrs overton and her guest and when it became generally known that the handsome young woman from the east was here for an indefinite visit she was the talk of the town miss arnold and mrs overton had been stopping at the same hotel at the famous atlantic summer resort It happened that both were without escorts, and they naturally fell in together, their intimacy growing day by day until they became boon companions. Early in their friendly relations, Miss Arnold discovered that her chum was from Princeton, and they spent many hours together discussing the mountains. Finding her so greatly interested, Mrs. Overton was not slow in singing the praises of her beautiful country. She referred to the charming simplicity, happiness, and contentment of the people with pardonable pride. Miss Arnold was apparently enthusiastic and never tired of the subject, and the widow was surprised at the interest manifested by a young society girl of the East. How I would enjoy a summer among your native hills, Mrs. Overton! Long Branch seems dull in comparison, exclaimed the young lady one afternoon after listening to a glowing recital of her favorite subject. Why not? I would be delighted to have you, was the response. I return home in a few days, and the most charming season of the year is now beginning at home. Come with me. Miss Arnold's pulse quickened. It was the opportunity she had longed for, the invitation she had so much desired. But she tried to check the outward show of pleasure, and carefully weighed the words she uttered in reply. Really, Mrs. Overton, you are kind to a fault. You do not mean it. What would my friends say? We could easily go by way of your New Jersey home, and there gain the consent of your parents. It would not take us out of the way to any great extent true but but no my dear girl i will accept no excuse i'm going to take you home with me cried mrs overton impulsively my but you will turn the heads and perhaps break a few hearts in princeton she added i will think about it said the young lady at any rate she continued meditatingly it will not be necessary to stop at home i will write to know if Mamma and papa approve of it before deciding in the meantime let's enjoy long branch Following the reception at the home of Mrs. Overton, given in honor of her guest, which was the social event of the season, Miss Arnold was flooded with party invitations, and by the end of the week she could count her gentlemen and admirers by the score, and she was lionized throughout the country. The central figure of every social function was Miss Arnold, and she entered into the parties and games and sport with keen enjoyment. In fact, she introduced many new and novel games and amusements that were foreign to the natives. She was full of life and gaiety, and it was not long before the young people had planned a picnic party for her special benefit. This was an outing without parallel in point of fun and amusement as well as attendance. Everything that transpired thereafter dated from that picnic. Here, as elsewhere, Princeton's honored guest entered into the merriment and festivities with heart and soul, being the one central star of admiration. It was Miss Arnold here and Miss Arnold there, and she was ever ready to respond in her happy, winsome manner. Princeton had something to talk about now. In stores and shops and on the street corners, as well as in parlors and dining halls, Miss Arnold was the theme of conversation, and, strange to say, she suffered none from the talking populace. No one had questioned her right to the honors and attention heaped upon her. Mrs. Overton had merely introduced her as a particular friend just out of college, and that was sufficient. That she was the daughter of a rich banker and lived in a brownstone mansion was news that neither she nor Mrs. Overton had given publicly. "'When do you expect the return of the hunting party, Mrs. Overton?' asked Miss Arnold one morning, some two weeks after their arrival in town. She had been acquainted with the facts concerning the absent party from several sources at different times. "'Oh, I forgot to tell you!' exclaimed Mrs. Overton. "'I understand that Mr. Thornton came up on the stage last night.' "'No one seemed to know how he came to return from that direction. "'Are you sure he came? "'Did you see him?' asked she, "'with such interest as to bring a smile to the face of the widow. "'No, I didn't see him. "'Yes, I'm sure he is here, for Mrs. Brown was over early this morning, "'and told me she met him, "'and in answer to her query about the other boys "'was told that he left them up in the mountains. "'I presume he tired of the sport and camping out? "'What if he was ill?' no no my dear girl nothing of the kind he is looking unusually well i was told i am just dying to see him mrs overton i have heard so much of paul thornton that he haunts my dreams and i have been anxiously awaiting his homecoming i can hardly wait for an opportunity to get a look at him i knew it i knew it exclaimed mrs overton gleefully you are in love with him and i am not going to blame him if he succumbs to your charms but my dear girl "'You must prepare to lose the friendship of at least one girl "'if you smile too sweetly on Mr. Thornton. "'I know to whom you refer, "'but I am not so far gone, perhaps, as you think. "'But I have it!' interrupting her. "'I have a letter to post. "'Here, run down to the office. "'You don't mind going alone?' "'Not in the least! "'You are a schemer, sure enough!' "'joyfully cried the girl, "'putting on a natty summer hat and a scarlet tie. "'How do I look?' "'Stunning!' was the reply. You might make a few purchases if you care to, with a knowing wink as she tripped down the stone steps. End of chapter eight. Recording by Zoinkmeister Patrick. YouTube.com slash Zoinkmeister.